Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode 41. And today we are joined by Miss Kerry Lee Dixon. And Kerry Lee is the founder of Four Women to Women. And Kerry Lee describes herself as the girl with a knack for life. And Carrie Lee founded Four Women to Women in 2012, which has now grown from being a blog into a community designed for purpose-driven, career-oriented, and entrepreneurial 20 to 30-something-year-old women who want to continually elevate themselves both in their personal and professional lives. Four Women to Women is based in Kingston, Jamaica. And she's also one of the recipients of the Young Leaders of the Americas Initiative. So hello, Carrie Lee. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. And today, Carrie Lee is going to discuss with us mentorship and building communities for millennial women. So Carrie Lee, you're the ultimate millennial girl. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for having me. I mean, um, I'm a millennial woman. I have identified a lot of the gaps or yeah. things that I have personally wanted. So, I mean, what better way than to, you know, just create it and fill that gap. Yeah, definitely. So, so okay. So, you started for women to women back in 2012. How how did that all come about? Was it just a, a, a natural thing? You just decided, okay, I need this. I'm going to start this. What was the sort of the the impetus for creating this platform? All right. So, first of all, I, I like to describe it in a way or the experience that I created for women to women on on an impulse. I was during an internship at the time i was going to a lot of events but i wasn't seeing women like me and when i say women like me who are young ambitious want to connect with other women want to grow in their careers want to find what they love there were just so many things that i personally wanted and little did i know that there were so many other women who wanted the same thing and so even with i didn't know my research like what we're often um you know, rec- we're recommended to do, I just went out and I just create this platform. I will have a black background in blogging at the time. And so I decided I would create a blog that would, you know, with the goal of just helping women to find like-minded women. That was pretty much it. And I mean, we have evolved, as I would say, over the years. I mean, I started as a blog. And now it's more leaning towards more community focus where we have an online platform as well as we host curated events for millionaire women. Yeah, brilliant. I must say, I was introduced to you by Carrie-Anne, Carrie-Anne of Carrie-Anne Friends. So big up Carrie-Anne. Yes. Yeah, 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 Carrie-Anne. And yes. I remember, yeah, and I remember Carrie-Anne saying, you have, to, you have to meet Carrie Lee, you have to talk to Carrie Lee. I think this was like two years ago. She's like, she's doing mm-hmm. this amazing thing. I love what she's doing. And I remember we spoke and that I, you know, going onto your website and I was like, yeah. I have to talk to Carrie Lee. <laughs> I, I, you know, you're doing something so different. There's nobody else doing this, uh, I guess, in your country, in Jamaica, but I think in the wider Caribbean, because so many of these platforms um, in the Caribbean tend to be um, government or, you know, UN, World Bank, that kind of thing. But you've created mm-hmm. this really, really cool platform for millennial women, and I think it's brilliant. I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. Um... As I like to say, for me, it's just a process of filling the gap. Yeah. Um, and and I obviously, it was clear to me that when I was going to these events and when I saw, I just didn't feel like I could fit in. Um, I feel like I couldn't connect to the women who are in these spaces. Yeah. And also, I was just not seeing enough women like me. And I knew there were so many others, but they were feeling the same way. And so that's how for women to men really came about. Did yeah. you feel and, a lack of support as, uh, for example, like you go to these events and you feel like, okay, you're a millennial, so you're, you're, you feel a bit dis- disconnected from the, maybe the older woman, or you felt like there wasn't enough support from the older women. Did you ever feel that? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to the events. I always felt like there's this woman I want to connect with, but how do I do it? How yeah. do I introduce myself? How yeah. do I even create this relationship? And then when you create that relationship, how do I maintain it? Yeah. So that was a very big thing for me, something that I've had to learn in terms of 
creating relationships in general, yeah. but even just connecting with older women. So I would say definitely I didn't feel like I have that I had that support from yeah. older women. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why we have evolved more so into bringing together like-minded women, but also bringing in women who are older, more experienced, who are open to sharing their own stories and journey with, you know, young women. Why do you feel there's so much, and it's not just Caribbean thing, but, um, mm-hmm. but why do you feel there's so little mentoring and support um, networks for young millennial women in the Caribbean? Do you think culturally it's just not it's not what we do. We don't have that. We don't have that mindset of, okay, you've got to, you know, you've got to build these girls up. You've got to bring, build these young women up. They're the next generation. We have to train them. We have to mentor them. Or why do you think there's that, there's that lack? All right. So first I think, I think there's a lot of women who mentor younger women. It's just that we don't necessarily, they might not call it mentorship. Right. You know, they might just okay. attach, a younger might attach themselves to an older woman. Mm-hmm. An older woman might just say, hey, I have this young girl and I'm working with her, helping her to grow. But I think one of the main things I have found and I've spoken to quite a few older women who have shared, they, when they start their career, it's just for them, it was just building, building, building. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, they got, they got so caught up that they didn't realize they weren't bringing other women along. Mm. So it's not like it was a matter of it being intentional. It's just a matter of we getting so caught up in our own lives and wanting to develop our, ourselves so much that, you know, it's like, okay, um, you're not thinking about a woman. And they do it. And as I, as I said, it's not like a bash to um, older women or anything. It's just that we just so focused on our own lives, developing our own selves, and that's one of the big things that I personally um, heard from women who, you know, who mentioned that they really wanted a more mentorship. Yeah, and then, you know, they, they get caught up in their own lives. They get married, they, get, they have children, mm-hmm. their parents get older, they have to take care of the, oh, the elderly parents. And there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that happen, and like you said, they just get caught up in their lives. And it's not that they mm-hmm. don't want to work with younger women. Sometimes they just... They don't have that time. But what you find like in the bigger countries, like in the US and in the UK and certain parts of Europe Mm -hmm. is mentoring is such a big part of the culture. I mean, I remember Mm -hmm. when I lived in the US and when I lived in the UK, some of the companies I worked for, when you started the job, particularly if you did one of these like training or graduate schemes, you were Mm -hmm. automatically assigned a mentor and or sometimes they would connect you with an organization where you could find a mentor. So it just seems to be embedded in the culture. So there's, it's like they find women who want to work with you and these are the women that you can, that you can, you know, you can reach out to. And I wonder if something, if those things are lacking in the Caribbean or like you said, if it's just, we do it, but we don't call it that. Yeah, it's definitely, a, in terms of culturally, we don't, I don't see that we have that in our um, organization. Yeah. And I know some companies locally are working on building in mentorship, like Stagicore and JMMB. And those companies are working in mentorship in their organizations. So as you go in, I think you're attached to all women. But I remember when I started in my career, um, um, as I started, it was an unpaid internship. And the first person I was attached to was a male. He was a man. Um, a shared office space with him and pretty much as I grew throughout my career I was just always I always had that type of guidance and support from men not mm. women yes mm. there were women there who would um what would I say give me advice here and there but not like a constant checking in guidance kind of thing and I've, I've never thought about it until last year and I was like whoa like every Every single step of my journey, I've always had men as mentors from mm. internship period to even just getting business advice to going through transition. And I didn't realize it until last year when um, I signed up for the Commonwealth Women's Scheme, which is a mentorship scheme, which was launched last year. That I was like, you know, I want to be attached to, I want to have a woman as a mentor who I could really relate to more in terms of dealing with gender bias in the organization, dealing with sexism, um, dealing with work-life balance, because those are things that I had 
challenges with in my nine to five. And I didn't feel like there were other women I could talk to about it. Sure, I spoke to women in my age group, a lot of them who probably didn't experience it, but I just didn't feel like I had that um, that woman I could speak to and get her insights on how to navigate the work life. It was always the men, and they could never fully understand what I was going through. You know, sure, they would give me advice, but I don't feel like they weren't able to 100% relate to my own experiences. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I know in the past, I don't know if it still happens now. I think some of the older generation of women who didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of support, they sometimes they, they, they have this attitude, they embody this attitude of, well, you know, no one helped me. So you've got to find your own way and you've got to go out there and mm-hmm. do your own thing. And they don't realize it's like, okay, you, yes, you had to, you had to struggle and you had to strive and you had to work hard, but now you should kind of bring somebody up with you because to, so mm-hmm. that they don't have to work as hard but I've actually mm-hmm. I mean in my own career when I had a corporate career I did meet women who were very like I don't know I think sometimes some of some women can be very resentful you know of the fact that millennials have a lot of opportunities that older women didn't have you know millennials mm-hmm. are they, they graduate from university or some of them don't even go to university and they start businesses mm-hmm. they're writing books I mean the world is literally your oyster you know you can do whatever yeah. you want and I think a lot of older women didn't have those opportunities and sometimes they're a bit resentful um for good or bad which is a shame Mm -hmm. but um and there's also sometimes a disconnect the two groups feel they can't work together because you always hear older women say oh well millennials are too they want everything given to them (laughs) you know or they don't want to work for things and there's a lot of that stuff but um but i think what you're doing is helping to to bring these different types of women together so that you know, mm-hmm. we, everybody can learn from anybody at different stages in, in their lives and in their careers. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when we when, when I started for Women to Women, I definitely wasn't thinking about connecting with, more, with older women or women who are more established, to be very honest. Okay. It was just building a community to connect like-minded women, women who wanted that support, who want to find women who are like them, who are going through similar things so that I could share and build that relationship. But over time, I found that the biggest value that we could get from building this community was learning from other women who were more experienced, who were more established, and as I said before, who were just open to sharing their journey because they need that. I mean, a woman in her 40s who is thriving right now can share her, her challenges, her setbacks, how she navigated the office politics, how she dealt with the gender bias, how she dealt with um, starting a business and raising a farm, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was something that we thought was useful to integrate. And I mean, I've had two events that had, you know, more established women. And it has, the response has been really good mm-hmm. because these are women who, they were just very honest about their journey in terms of talking about insecurities, talking about things that they didn't understand about the whole work life and also dealing with just balance and Mm self-care so you know getting these women in spaces to connect with younger women is something that i find very valuable and it's something that we're working on you know building up more yeah definitely and i think for those of you who don't know go to the website check it out www.forwomentowomen.com and it's all spelled out f-o-r women to women.com and you can see you know when you land on the page you see all these amazing events you see all these vibrant young women professional women it says here you've you hosted events in jamaica and in new york that's quite a feat so how how do you do that how do you build because just yesterday, I was saying to you, I had a, a I did a podcast which is coming out with Stephanie Zhu, who's um, a Chinese American. She's based in sub in sub-Saharan Africa right now, and she's that's what she's always done. She's built communities, mm-hmm. and we had a really interesting conversation about building impactful communities. And she mentioned that a lot of her communities are thriving because of volunteers and people in different parts of the world doing things. So, is that mm-hmm. how you're able to have your events in like New York, for example? Do you have volunteers and people in New York that are helping you to put your events together? All right. So just a quick story on how that New York event happened. Okay. So, you know, we're in a, dig- we're in a digital space and yes. naturally I wasn't doing any targeted marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I was in, 
you know, I was just involving myself in like Twitter chats and I was guest blogging on a lot of US focused platforms. And mm-hmm. so persons were getting aware of me. And so I ended up bringing them or what I would say, directing them to my website, which is for women. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the ways in which I started to build my online presence, um, I would say in the US. So right now, initially, it used to be a higher percentage of women from the US who interacted with women, women of late, especially when I started doing events, I started having more Jamaican women, mm. you know, who are, in, who are engaged with the platform. And so I just saw that, that I just realized, okay, hey, I'm going to New York for, for, for like a few weeks. Why not just host an event? I mean, I've always been blogging, talking to these women. And mm. so I just went out on a limb in, in blindside and hosted that event. I mean, wow. there were a lot of women who signed up. A lot of them didn't show up, but mm. I can say for sure, like probably four women showed up, but it was one of the best um, gatherings that I've ever had because I still communicate with those women. That's how I actually met Carrie of Carrie on Friends. Okay. Um, and that's how I met Asha Boston of the dinner table. She's from the U.S., but her parents are from the Caribbean. So, um, going to, for me, it was just pretty much um, making use of an opportunity and just a way to connect with women who were supporting for women's women, really. And so, no, I don't have any volunteers. Okay. At the time, I didn't have any volunteers. Um, I've had support from a lot of women for sure, but at the time, no volunteers, no help. I know I spoke to Ash and I was like, hey, where can I find the best location to host an event? I mean, I don't know New York that well in terms yeah. of the spot. I reached out to a lot of women who are just very open to sharing. And just a key point, what I had done during that time was to get feedback from the existing community from New York. So mm-hmm. they shared with me what they wanted to talk about, where they wanted to meet up. You know, that kind of thing, which was really good. And so, yeah, that's how I leveraged that opportunity um, pretty much. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. That's really cool. So talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges you face in building your, um, your, this community for millennial women. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, for one, um, I can start with personal. Yeah. So for me, I'm naturally introverted. And I say this all the time. I don't know how I ended up building an online community for women. This yeah. is so unlike me, my character. I'm, I, pretty, I pretty much prefer to be laid back in mm-hmm. my own space. But yeah. starting for women to men, as I said, was out of a need. Yeah. And when I created a platform, I realized it challenged me to step outside of my comfort zone. You know, I've always been that person to be behind the scenes. That's how I describe myself. And so since building the platform, it has challenged me. I've grown in so many ways that I've never imagined in terms of going, you know, speaking on public platforms. I mean, I still cringe every time I have to do a public speaking. I still cringe when um, I have to do something that puts me in the spotlight. But it has also helped me to grow in just a very great way. And so that's one of the things I'd say it's personal. It's all like I realized that I cannot grow for women to women or take it to the, the levels that I really wanted to reach until I am comfortable with, not really comfortable, but open to stepping outside of my comfort zone. I won't even be able to take for women to women to the next level until I personally invest in myself in terms of my mindset and getting my habits right. None of that will, I mean, for women, women will never grow in no way, shape, or form. So that's one of the challenges is first, like, identifying where you are, like, what is your reality? What do you personally need to work on? Because I've, I've always said I can't be leading a community, but I'm not leading in my personal life. Absolutely. And so that's, that's one Absolutely. of the reasons I came up with this hashtag, like, she's a CEO. And she's a CEO has nothing to do with your position. It's really about you are in charge of your life and you have to take the necessary steps to build yourself. So that's one of the major challenges. Outside of that, um, I think there's a need for the community. It's just a matter of, I've, since I've started a lot of companies, 
locally have told me, well, millennial women don't know what they want. <laughs> oh, they're still figuring it out. Oh, millennial women are broke. Oh, millennial women are this, millennial women are that. Yeah. And the reality is some of it might be true. I mean, some of us are not, what I would say, financially empowered. We don't have the means to do a lot of things. But you're just but starting about, out. That's, that's expected. I mean, you know, you have to start from something. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so why don't we create um, something for these women to help them to be financially empowered? Why don't we help them to figure it out? Why don't we connect them to other women who can help them to navigate this very confusing space, <laughs> you know? Yeah, why absolutely. don't we help them instead of putting them in a box or pushing them aside? I mean, these are the same women who are going to be leaders in a few years to come. I mean, we already have a lot of millionaire women who are leaders in their own right. Locally, we have Crystal Tomlinson, who was recently um, nominated as president for like a local political party for youth. And I'm like, that is amazing. So we have a lot of millennial women, but at the same time, um, who are doing amazing things. But because we're not, I would say locally, we're putting the women in a box to say we're, we're still figuring it out. And one of the things I recently learned um, from a financial coach, who is Kenisha Mays from Thriving Dollars. She said, listen, it's about value perception. We have to find out what millennial women um, value. What is it that they need? And the minute we figure that out, which I'm working on, fearing it, I'm a millennial woman myself, but I want to get a broader um, understanding and get a deeper insight on what exactly do millennial women want and what are they really well, willing to spend on. So in terms of challenges, I feel like it's just a matter of creating that space for them and giving them what they want. Because we have a lot of needs and we're still figuring it out and it really has to make sense to us for us to invest our money. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. So tell us a little bit about um, your participation in the Young Leaders of the Americas initiative. What was that like? How did that happen? How did that come about? That was a great experience. First of all, um, it came at a time where I was, what would I say? I was, I just, I made up my mind that, hey, I'm going for opportunities. I'm going after opportunities and it's going to be either a yes or a no. It also came at a time when I was pretty much trying to figure out what would be the next step in for, for, for women to women. And uh, when I submitted the application, the week I had that interview was very, what would I say, an off week. I mm -hmm. was just not feeling at my best. I did that interview and I was like beating up myself like, oh my God, I did my worst and I went to get through all of that. But what happened was I got selected. And mm. I remember when I got that news, I was in a cafe and I sat down in the cafe, literally just bawling. Because <laughs> I was, I was like, no, seriously, it was at a point where I just didn't know which direction to take. And I felt like it was a hard. Yeah. As I, as I started. So mm -hmm. um, it came at a great time. The experience was good. So pretty much it's for persons in the Caribbean and Latin America. And what we get to do is to spend five weeks in the U.S., where we are learning about entrepreneurship, we're learning different strategies, we got the opportunity to connect with other entrepreneurs, a lot of other like-minded um, persons across the Caribbean and Latin America, very talented, very bold in their pursuit. It was just a great feeling to connect with like up to, overall it's 250 youth um, mm -hmm. in the US, so we got to travel across three different cities, so for me, I went to Atlanta, where everyone meet up, and then we went to our, what we call our old cities. For me, I went to Seattle, and um, then we met back up in Washington. For that experience, I was attached to the Riveter, which is a co-working space for women in okay. Seattle. It's the, it's the first co-working space for women. And wow. um, now, I mean, at present, they have like three locations, which is amazing. So they have two locations in Seattle. They started in May of 2017, which mm -hmm. was just, I was like, just blown over by how fast they were moving. 
but that experience itself taught me a lot of things when i went my main goal was to really figure out how to leverage my existing platform and how i could eventually scale it and as i said it's a co-working space for women which focuses on work wellness for women and just being there i learned a lot about the operational side of the platform and one of the main things i found when i went there was that we're doing very similar work we're just in different locations where we have a very we have a similar goal we're doing the same thing so the difference is that they have a team which i don't have which i'm working on building but i have an advisory board now which is good Mm -hmm. um and we're pretty much doing the same thing in terms of women advancing, connecting women to, to other women, building that community, helping them to advance in their career. It's just so many things that I see the similarities and sometimes we get so caught up in thinking that, okay, what I'm doing in the Caribbean isn't good enough or there are other people in the US or wherever is doing better things. But really and surely, um, many times we're actually doing the same thing, sometimes just at a different scale. That's all it is. So that experience was good. I mean, I met with everyone within the organization from what I would call the CEO to the investors to the everyday workers to the community members. It was just a great experience just to see how they operate and to see what it really looks like to be investing in a business that is generating, is moving fast, that has to um, ensure that they're team members get paid monthly so it was really a great experience to be very honest yeah it sounds like it so Mm -hmm. what like you said you realize that um you're all doing the same thing and i think sometimes it's very easy to to think oh well you know i'm just doing this here and nobody cares but what they're Mm -hmm. doing in the u.s is better or what they're doing the uk is better or wherever else but the fact of the matter is there are lots of communities all over the world and they're all doing the same thing they've all got the same goal the same aim the same mission Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, it's catered to that culture, whether it's happening in the Middle East or in Sub-Saharan Africa or in China or in Japan. There are all these communities thriving for women and for millennial women, but it's just, you know, within that envelope of their particular culture. And it sounds like this experience made you realize that you're more connected than disconnected. Yes, all of these that's com- definitely Yeah, that's definitely what I saw. And as I said, the difference also is that they have a physical location, which is a co-working space. I am operating virtually. So, yeah. I mean, like, okay, <laughs> this is amazing. And not to cut it, like, one of the things I found, because, I mean, part of the experience, you are supposed to learn from them, but also bring your value to the organization. And so one of the things that I found was we had to assess the challenges they were having. And I was like, when I was assess- assessing the challenges, it was pretty much we had similar challenges, which was so crazy. Similar challenges in terms of engaging community members and growing our platform. So I was like, okay, this company has two locations and they're growing and they have a big and they have a good sized team. And mm-hmm. I am here, you know, operating, you know, with the support of other women, but not necessarily a structured team or anything. And we have similar challenges so it's just a matter of i had to get that experience to realize where the gaps were in my own platform but also the level i could grow to you know because sometimes we're in our own little bubble and i mean for jamaica we don't have a we don't have a lot of co-working spaces we don't have a lot of communities for women they are there but not necessarily where we're so focused on connecting and growing and building together so i had to get that experience to see what was possible for me and growing for women to women. Right. So now that you've had that experience, I guess you're, um, you're, you're kind of trying to see, like you said, how you can incorporate what you've learned from there into your own millennial platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that hard? How hard is that to do? Because I think... You, you go, yeah, go ahead. like, for example, you know, we have all these experiences and we were talking about this offline and you go away and mm-hmm. you learn all these things, but then how do you actually you come back and you start reflecting, you start thinking, how do you actually incorporate what you've learned 
into your own platform? Because I think that's a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Personally. It, so how, it, yeah. It, it is it is difficult. Um, I remember when I came back, you know, when we were leaving, they're like, okay, create a nine day plan. Think about everyone you want to connect with. You know, think about the things you learned and what you want to implement. And they were all great. And we did that map. And I remember when I came back, I spent like a good week doing all of that, plotting everything. For me, one of the action items I got coming back home was to build an advisory team. As I mentioned before, I was just in operating on my own for most for most part. Mm-hmm. And so when I came back, I was like, okay, this isn't so hard to do because, I mean, I have persons there just to... You call it just form, just make it more formal or more structured. But I remember I got so overwhelmed thinking that I needed to start doing everything. Mm. And so I mean, like, okay, where do I really start? And I had to get really clear on the fact that my again, my reality is different from theirs. My the culture is different. Um I am smaller, of course. I have to figure out what is important to do right now. Mm. Um, so it took a little while. I am still learning to, to, to what would I say, to integrate the things that I've learned. But mm. most importantly, I've been, I've been challenged to, to think about what works, what already worked for me yeah. in terms of my platform and how can I use what works to grow. You know, it's a matter of what they call it, doing it as a SWOT assessment. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. SWOT analysis, what's the strength, what's the weakness, opportunities, all of that for me. And I know what works. I know where the weaknesses are and just a matter of building it out. But one of the greatest things I would say I've learned from the overall experience is just being more open to asking for help, like being very aware of where the weaknesses are and being open to asking for help. And so I've been... Best at asking for help, it has been a challenge of mine since growing for women to men. But asking for help has not been so bad. So for sure, I can say since I've, um, from that experience, I have had like a advisory team, persons who are investing in me and helping me to be more strategic as opposed to just going with the trend, you know, and persons who are better at guiding me in terms of building something that's more sustainable as opposed to what would I say? Rushing the process because I sometimes get caught up in that life feeling like, okay, I'm not moving fast enough. I'm getting left behind. Women are, you know, not interested in what I'm doing. But I realize for me to grow for women to men, I need to be clear on what I'm doing, but also to have a level of focus. It's very right. important. Yeah. Right. That, that, is, that is very important. So mentorship and community building. How do we build mm-hmm. communities that help women gain mentors? How do we do that? Yeah. Well, first <laughs> of all, we have to get them in the same space. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of that in terms mm-hmm. of events locally. Yes, we have events and uh, we have, you know, well-established women that we really want to connect with, but sometimes the events are so big. You know, it's like your chase is like a rat race to try to figure out how do I connect with this one woman. Um, so for me, it's, I think it's about getting them in the same space, um, mm-hmm. finding out what the challenges are in terms of the challenges millennial women are facing and bringing in women who are very transparent in their journey. I think we have some women locally who are very good with that and they're connecting with women online. Mm-hmm. you know through sharing their experiences but getting them in the same space i believe is the first start mm-hmm. and that's how for women to win come in place where we have this this event we call mentor gathering and it's mm-hmm. really designed for millennial women and we're bringing an expert i call her experts thought leader whichever one to term it but a woman who would come in and share her story so um, not just sharing her story, but also learning about the challenges millennial women are having and giving her own perspective and how, probably how she dealt with it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it is. And it's in a very intimate setting. So the maximum number of women we have for that event is 20. We haven't had any last year, so we're bringing that back very soon. But that's something that I've found that works, which is bringing together those two women in one space. 
Yeah. So do, okay, there are people who will say young women don't want mentors. Young people don't want mentors because they don't, they don't want to listen. They want to do their own thing. Excuse me. They want to do their own thing. Um, where do you believe that comes from? Or that millennial women don't want mentors? Where do you believe that idea comes from? Um, I don't think it's that we don't want mentors. I don't think that's like the right way to phrase it. I yeah. think it's that we don't know the value of mentorship. Mm, when okay. I was starting out in my career, I didn't know the value of mentorship. I didn't see it as mentorship. You know, that kind of thing is just that every young person wants guidance, whether it's on the finances and the career, making that decision or taking that big step. We always want guidance. We always want tips or advice or, and learn the know-how. So, if, so that is mentorship for, for a lot of young people, but we don't term it as mentorship. But of late, what I've been finding is a lot of women saying, hey, I want a mentor. Mm. So it comes with, not, what I say, it comes with knowledge and more information going out there about the importance of mentorship, the value of having a mentor. You know, that kind of thing and, and how they can grow by having someone who can provide guidance. So I wouldn't say that we don't see the value of mentorship. We just probably don't term it as mentorship. Right. Um, so that's one of the things that I have seen. So what, okay, for those that don't know, because there may be people listening in our, in our, you know, in our audience that don't know, what is a mentor? So you have mentors, you have coaches, you have all these different types of people. What exactly is a mentor? Why is it, and why is it important to have a mentor? All right, I can just share from my perspective in terms of a mentor. So a mentor is someone who, what would I say, who has similar experiences, who who can share and provide guidance. Simply put, I don't want to even get too deep in the, what it really means, but that's what it means to me. Someone who has experience who can provide guidance and support mm. and can be very candid in that relationship. That's, okay. that's for me personally, that is critical. I want someone who can be very candid. Um, since having my own mentors, I would say one of the greatest value is Getting someone who can give you a different perspective, especially if they have traveled along that path already. Mm-hmm. So um, I've had a point where I made this, what would I call it, a leap? I yeah. left a job. <laughs> yeah. I left a job that I got frustrated with. I mean, there was no more room for growth, but yeah. I didn't think it through and I just left. I mm-hmm. didn't ask my mentor. I just decided that this was it and I left. Um, since leaving, um, that mentor was like, okay, I would have advised you to do it this way instead of that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so pretty much they give you their advice based on what they know and on how to navigate. They don't always have it, have everything figured out, Mm -hmm. but they always can refer you to someone. They always can provide, um, insights on what they think would be useful for you as a younger person. That's mm-hmm. something that I have found. Um, I also remember at one of our events, um, one of the speakers shared an experience where there was an employee who, they were frustrated as well with their job, and they just decided that they were going to resign on that day. And they wrote a letter, mm-hmm. submitted it to the supervisor. No, they didn't address the person or anything. They just went in, gave them a letter, and said that they're leaving. And I mean, if that person had a mentor they definitely and spoke to that mentor definitely they wouldn't have taken that drastic um move so for me i feel like mentors serve as what would i say just like as just guiders like hey navigate it this way instead of that way yeah, yeah. And it's important, like you said, to have a mentor because they can help you to make um to make better decisions, more informed decisions, because they've 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 done it, they've gone through it. So the whole idea is that you're connecting with someone who's a bit older, or not necessarily older, but maybe just more experienced in a particular area that you're not in, and they can and mm-hmm. they can provide some guidance versus a coach, which is something very different. Because I think sometimes people mm-hmm. get confused between mentoring and coaching. Because I've heard the terms used interchangeably. Have you have you experienced that as well? 
Um, yes, I've heard it. Coaching is and mentorship most sometimes is not paid. That's one of the clear things. You persons don't normally pay for mentorship. Yeah. Um, but for coaching it's more like a personal investment where you know you want you have this goal and you want to navigate your life in this way and this person is here to help you. Mm. And you you know, you're willing to spend that money. But, but haven't delved too deeply into coaching, but it's something that I know is worth exploring. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um, benefits, I mean, to having, to having a coach, depending on what you're looking for, because I believe the coach, the whole idea of the coach is to bring out the best in you and to help you to achieve your goals, specific goals, whereas a mentor is, is more, like you said, someone that guides you and they've kind of been there, done that, whereas a coach hasn't necessarily done what you wanted to do, but they can help you achieve or attain that, mm-hmm. that particular goal. Yeah. But I think people get... Right, to- right people get confused, confused about that. So both of them. Yeah, 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 definitely. So what is next for you and what is next for your platform? What can we expect next? Well, at this, right now, um, I've been more focused on building the platform with the audience in mind or the community of women in mind. Pretty much just being clear and, and understanding what they really need and how we can bring that value to them. So mm. that's one of the major things for us, as well as, um, what would I say, building out our online platform. At present, one of the things that we have been doing of late is sharing opportunities. I have a lot of opportunities that pass, you know, that come to me a lot um, in terms of scholarships, in terms of grants, in terms of conferences that they can attend to get that exposure, similar to the wildlife fellowship experience. So that's something that we have been focusing on of late in terms of connecting women to opportunities. So while we have a community and while we have the event, one of the main things for us is thinking, how can we continually invest in these women? How can we continually help these women to grow? And one of the greatest things ever is to help them to be empowered financially and socially. And that one of the ways we're doing that is through shared opportunities. Okay. And of course, of late, a lot of women have been asking about how can I connect with other women who have traveled this path before? So we're working on ways in which we can make that happen. I mean, I'm open to collaborations to make that happen as well. Um, we're still figuring out how we're going to do it. Yeah. And it's not just about this mentorship. We want women, millennial women, and just women in general to realize, sure, you might want a mentor, but you have to also invest in a lot of things that you want because I mean sometimes I get so caught up in this free you know free I have to get this I want this but we're not willing to spend yeah Um, we spend on other things that are not so much important I mean I guess it's based on their own perception of value and stuff but it's just connecting them to these women but also helping them to realize that hey you have to be willing to invest in yourself in terms of same thing you mentioned as we were as as related to getting a coach or getting someone who is going to invest in you as much as you want them to, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think also it's important to remember that you must be in a position to want to be mentored. I think a lot of people don't realize that a mentor mm-hmm. is giving up their time to you. And if you come mm-hmm. to the table with the attitude that you already know everything, then why do you need a mentor? You know, I think you have to have the mindset of a mentee and you have to be open and you have to be flexible. And that's not something we hear discussed often. I think we usually hear about it from the mentor's perspective, like, okay, this is what a mentor does for me. But I think that relationship Mm -hmm. goes both ways because if the relationship is really good, the the mentor can also learn from the mentee. And the relationship can be really Mm -hmm. bad if you have a good mentor, but the mentee just doesn't want to learn or doesn't want to listen to what the mentor has to say. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good point. And I just want to share my own experience since getting a female mentor, which was um, where I was connected through the Commonwealth Women's Team. And for her, she, I remember the first meeting we had, we had to submit like some documents, some application. And normally, you know, I would, wait the very last minute to send off this application and she's like listen we're sending this application like two days before and i was like 
to me, I was like, this is not, this is not how I normally do it. And so that experience alone was just an eye opener. Like, okay, these are the habits of successful women or the women who I aspire to be like. So getting a mentor also gives you that opportunity to see how they operate, what their habits are like, what their mindsets are like, um, mm-hmm. how they really manage their time. Because my mentor is very busy. I mean, so for her to every Wednesday have her time dedicated at five o'clock to give me a call and for us to talk for like 30, 30 minutes is is just unbelievable to me because once you have the dedication and that's one of the other things as you said, you have to respect the time. So if I don't meet that meeting time or I'm late, I feel so guilty because I know her time is valuable. And so those are some of the things that um I've learned since having a mentor. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, I agree with you in terms of having that mindset. You have to be ready. Oh, they said the students have to be ready for the teacher, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. I, I definitely agree. Um and for me, probably if you talk if you spoke to me like two years before, I wouldn't definitely I would not be talking so much about mentorship and the importance. It's because I've seen the value, I've seen where I have taken a lot of wrong steps not really wrong steps but i've made the, the smartest of decisions mm-hmm. and if i had spoken to someone who has been there before then i would probably rethink a lot of you know the decisions that i made yeah definitely definitely mm-hmm. so what parting words do you have for our readers and listeners so our community this is all early stage women entrepreneurs who are operating in the developing economies and they're all listening to you and thinking yes 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 everything she's saying sounds so brilliant what um mm-hmm. what parting words of advice or encouragement do you have for them just just in this area of mentoring and and joining millennial communities and and guiding them along their path so they can achieve greatness? Uh, for one, for millionaire women, I would definitely say it is the importance of for us to show up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're able to show up for ourselves, then we are more likely to show up for other things. And that's something that I've had to learn. Like, I can't be giving and pouring or, or trying to, to fill everyone's cup, but I'm not showing up for myself. So that's the main thing. Show for yourself. We can show for others. Again, that is about taking the lead in your life. Mm. And just generally, I would say just find more time to connect with women. Or what would I say? Find ways they can use your knowledge to help other women. You know? Mm. Yeah. Um, what do you know that you can share with someone else? That's mm. one of the big things. Sometimes we think that what we know isn't as valuable, but there are so many things that we know that would be so beneficial to another woman. And that's something that I've been working on sharing more, which is the things that I know that can help other people. Yeah, so that's just so much is. That's great advice. And I think what you said about being a leader in your own life is so important. That's something mm-hmm. I, I believe as well. I think if you're not a leader in your own life and if you're not leading yourself, how can you then lead other people? Because I think leadership begins with the self and people are always going to look at you and look at the decisions you've made and the path you've taken. And if they see that you're not leading, they're not going to trust you. They're not going mm-hmm. to trust that's, you. So That is true. That yeah. is true. Especially if you're leading a community of women who are looking on, they're like, okay, so how are you telling me to do this? But you're not doing this kind of thing. So... Yeah, I have one of the best advice I received last year was to live my best life, and then whatever people want to take from it, they take from it because it's more inspirational that way, as opposed to saying do this, do that, do that. But I am not living my life to the fullest and the best, and that's what that's where I'm currently at right now in terms of living my best life. Yeah. Um. Like, so for me, it's about the season opportunities. It's doing what works for me. It's figuring out what's best for Carrie right now, as opposed to, what would I say, chasing everything else that might not be for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, it has been wonderful speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your morsels and snippets of wisdom. It was really great listening to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It was a great uh, pleasure.
Yeah, and it would be nice to have you back on again to see um, where everything goes, um, where the platform goes, and 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 what you do next. Personally, I really think you should you should take it outside of Jamaica because I think it's it's so good that it can just be done anywhere. It would be nice because I know we were talking about the fact that it's not something you find throughout the Caribbean region, and it would be nice for it to to go outside of Jamaica. And who knows, just outside of the Caribbean generally, I think it's just really good, and it has the potential to to just to just be bigger than it is now. If that's something that you want, obviously. So mm-hmm. those, the, yeah, I, for sure, it's something I will. I've I've been told. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really really nice, and maybe Jamaica is, is was just sort of the um how do you say it? the testing ground <laughs> yes. yeah you know the testing ground and then now you can elevate it and take it elsewhere because i think there are a lot of women who can benefit greatly from what you're doing and you represent the community very very well so thank you so much you're welcome okay so that is it lovely birds i hope you have all been inspired by carrie ann i know i have and i've learned lots of interesting things from this discussion so uh, Carrie Ann, where can people reach you in terms of emailing you or wanting to collaborate with you or work with you and whatnot? Where, where I've, I've given them your website. So where, where else can they find you? Well, they can find me on all social media platforms, on Instagram, on Twitter. But the best way is to really send an email at info at forwomentowomen.com. And if you visit our website, just click on the contact us tab and just shoot us a message i'm always open to collaborating once it's in line with the needs of our community and just ways we can enhance what we're currently doing so it's info at forwomentowomen.com fantastic okay lovely birds reach out to carrie ann and get things rolling we all need mentors and we all need community and we all need to um surround ourselves with like-minded women never underestimate the value of being around like-minded women it, it can really transform your life okay thank you very much and see you all next time bye for now